Rob. Hey. Hey. Oh, that sounds better. All right, cool. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's logged me in via the website now, but if it's oh, working, well. it's working. All right. Yeah. All right, here I go. Uh, good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. How you doing? All right, man. It's been a while. We, we haven't yeah. even talked ourselves that in a while. <laughs> uh, no. It's good to hear it's... your voice. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sitting here. I just found, speaking, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I just found one of my kids' teeth sitting on top of a book. <laughs> and nobody has lost a tooth for a very, very long time. <laughs> Did so, they, do you think they found it and placed it there recently? Or are you in some portion of the home that, that is like. No, <laughs> this is like upstairs playroom. Oh, God. Um, uh, they, I have no idea. It's, no. it's been months since then we lost a tooth. They probably were just playing with it yeah. and left it up here like in <laughs> February yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. Great. Like the rest of us, the life has been, yeah, who knows? It's gotten a little weird. <laughs> gotten a little, a little weird. weird. Um, well, welcome back, everybody. It's been a few weeks for us. Um, Rob, I, I put my 2018 Women's Lacrosse National Champion shirt on, put my visor on tonight. I'm uh, drinking a very good revelation brewing brewing from uh rehoboth mother oh, mother-in-law cool. ipa um thought we wanted to get on here and talk about uh the fact that jmu fall sports has been suspended slash canceled um we certainly wanted to talk to everybody but it's kind of a it's a tough one for everybody um i'm gonna try to have a happy ot tonight rob um got my pale fire glass here thanks to our friends at pale fire our friends at mossy creek I, we have no idea you know, I, I looked back, Rob, this is like our 10th show since mid-March, which for us is, you know, we were every week for three or four years. Yeah. And we've, you know, sort of been, I don't know, sporadic at best, like everything else in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? um, and unfortunately for, you know, a lot of people who work at JMU, I have a feeling their employment is also going to be sporadic in the coming months ahead uh it's tough times for everybody we're going to try to go through some of the ramifications uh, both for jmu the conference national things i think we're just going to ask you uh, what i was thinking rob is maybe we just ask each other some questions and think yeah. out think this through out loud um I, I don't know with as much grace and compassion and patience as we can uh <laughs> you know i guess can we start by just kind of yeah you want to go level setting yeah. it to talk about like this is what is it a monday it is Monday night. It, yeah, Monday night. It's Monday night. We're recording in August 10th. 10th? Yep. So as of now, we know CAA canceled weeks ago. Um, Jamie said they were going to pursue possibly playing an out-of-conference schedule. Yeah. We both thought that was a very good idea. Yep. There was no re-cancel. That, that didn't work out. Um, so Jamie pushed everything in the fall. Football was done. Now today they announced all other fall sports, like you said, mm-hmm. are postponed. Along with that, you've got most FCS conferences, I, I think, what is it? The, the Missouri Valley is saying they're pushing to the spring, but teams can schedule up to three out of conference in the fall. Yeah. Have fun. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Um, then the Mac, the, the big one over the weekend was the Mac saying they're not playing. And now as of, you know, an hour ago, it was still these rumors about is the big 10 going to cancel? Supposedly the presidents are against it. The ADs are for it. There's some other call. There's rumors about the Pac-12. Yeah. SEC um, kind of says, come hell or high water, we're going to play. That's no surprise. Well, Old Dominion did the same. They were before JMU. 
Um, yeah. I saw they, they also said they're not playing this fall. Yeah, OBU's regardless. out, UConn's out. Yep. Um, so it's just – it's one of those things where it's, it's a tough situation. Um, I personally think it's the right move for, for most schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite since I was so strongly in favor of, of JMU exploring things. And that wasn't BS. You know, I wasn't just saying that mm-hmm. to, to toe the party line. I really thought at the time, it's like, yeah, you've got nothing to lose mm-hmm. by exploring it. Mm-hmm. Um, when the numbers were not turning, mm-hmm. and I saw the situation like with the Marlins and the Cardinals, yeah. I got to admit, I got a little spooked. And I was like, oh, man, I, I hope it isn't one of these situations where teams are just going to push through no matter what. Um, I have a great deal of faith in the JMU administration. I, I know too. some people might might question them. You and I have kind of come around the bend on that. And, and I think it's fair to say we're both pretty big Jeff Bourne fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So I have faith in in Bourne making the right decision, and Bourne and the powers that be, Signetti, all the coaches, the mm-hmm. medical staff, the training, doing what they can to create a safe environment for the players. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's always other teams, and you. I'm not going to disparage any other team or, or or cast dispersions on you know say oh that that team doesn't have to get it, but you never know. Mm-hmm. And, and do you really want to trust kind of your entire campus safety uh, you know this goes beyond football but do you want to go in a situation where you're playing maybe a team or a program that doesn't have the resources or mm-hmm. or maybe doesn't have right i don't want to say the backbone but maybe the ethics yeah or, or they're yeah. looking the other way mm-hmm. um and this is not just football this is kind of for good or worse for, for better or for worse mm-hmm. and i'd say for worse american culture kind of has this attitude like for years it's you tough it up if, you, if you're going to work when you're sick, that's what it's about being a team player and take mm-hmm. one of the team. And it's, I, I mean, I know this is way more serious, obviously, and we all are going to take it more seriously, but I can understand how a 20 year old kid might feel differently and might hide symptoms or a coach might intentionally look the other mm-hmm. way. And that's what I worry about. It's like, okay, do you create that? And then that person comes back and yeah, the players are safe on the field in the locker room but then they return to dorms or apartments mm-hmm. and classrooms and dining halls. And it just, to me, I, I know people are going to vocally disagree yeah. and that's fine. I just, I don't think it's a good idea. I, I think this is kind of crazy. And, and I'm getting today, I was getting increasingly frustrated with this, let them play or let us play. And the players are like, we know we're safe. I'm like, it's not about just them. Like we all, like, I'm sure there's plenty of other students on campus who would be like, let us party, mm-hmm. you, know, let us, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, let me and you, or like, let us go to restaurants again. Like we all want to do things, right. um, but we need to realize that it's not just our willingness to accept the risk. It's everybody we interact with. And I, I think everybody's creating the situation where it's like, Oh, the players are so noble. They're so willing to be courageous. I go the other direction. I, I think they're a little ignorant and it's a little bit selfish. Like, yeah, I, you know, I think everybody I comes from a play. And I think what you're saying, I think everybody's coming from a, a good place on this. I, I, I mean, 100%. I 100 percent, you know, nobody's I, saying screw this. I don't. Well, right. I, I don't. Well, look, I, football I don't players are saying screw this. No, it doesn't no, matter. no, 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 I don't think so at all. No. Um, yeah. And, and I think I mean, look, there's going to be loud voices on all sides of this. I, the biggest thing to me that this keeps reminding me, Rob, is this whole last five months has just this thing, this pandemic and the situation in the country like if there is a gap this situation will find it yep and this it is just water flowing downhill and it will mm-hmm. find the holes in every part of our infrastructure you know whether that's state yeah. local federal college what whatever it just it, it it exposes all of our problems and um 
Yeah, I, I think the thing I want to say, I did, I did find it interesting that JMU's statement um, particularly noted that they made the choice in conjunction with the three other CAA institutions that we're still previously pursuing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. shout outs to College of Charleston, Elon, and UNC Wilmington. Um, unfortunately for JMU, only one of those institutions is a football playing school in Elon, yeah. um, as we've talked about many times. Um, that is one of the gaps is that JMU continues to play in the colonial where the school's interests don't all align. And it's never been more clear um, than this last time. But as we see UConn and Old Dominion make their own decisions, it's a reminder that, you know, uh, group of five FBS is not a panacea to JMU's problems either. Um, I I mean, that's the thing like this is, this is unprecedented and people keep talking about the Spanish flu and how, you know, they played through that. That was a totally different time. And now this is big business. And yeah, unfortunately, like this really has very little to do with student safety or anything. It's money. Yeah. And if you don't think it's money, you're kidding yourself. And, and this, the P5 thing is going to blow up. Yep. It is going to blow up either. I hope not, but the most likely scenario to me is there will be outbreaks and there'll be games canceled and it'll just snowball and the whole thing's going to be a mess. Yeah. The other side is the players are, their eyes are open and they're saying, yes. you're basically treating us like pros. Yeah. You're asking us to take the risk. The upside can't just be the rush we get from pulling, you know, from yeah. walking into a one fifth full tiger stadium right, or something right, right, like yeah. that. Like, like it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm increasingly uncomfortable with the notion of trying to turn a blind eye to the fact that, this is this is professional sports. If you're going to go out there and roll people out there, at, but not care about the Olympic sports, mm-hmm. you're you're showing your cards. And so, like, yeah. I don't know. I, just, I feel like it's going to blow up in one way, two, or, yeah. or all the ways. But this could be the P5 breaking away. Katie Baker tweeted something yep. day. Um, did you see that? The, I did quote from Mark Cuban. No, she interviewed Cuban yeah. a couple years ago, and she pulled this quote from the from the article on the ring, uh-huh. where she's like, "This seems particularly prescient right now." And Cuban was saying, sooner or later, somebody's going to come in and just go directly to one of these conferences and say, we'll give you a billion dollars to split between the schools, broadcast all your games, condition as you break away from the NCAA. Yep. And he's like, who's not going to do that? He's like, it just, it'll be a private equity firm. Yep. And they'll just come in and they say, we're going to buy this. Yep. And what's the incentive? I mean, is March Madness enough? They already kind of treat football as this redheaded stepchild yes. in terms of the NCAA. They don't run the playoff. Right. Um, so there's nothing to cancel. So. I think we're getting nearer to that situation. Um, I do too. I, I, you know, Rob, our little uh, super uber fan, super fan group that we talk to all the time about this stuff um, this week, who I, our group, weirdly, you know, a lot of times we have big disagreements. This has been one thing where I think most people have been, I don't know. What can you say? Right. It's so far yeah. out of JMU's control. So many of these decisions have been that it's kind of hard to be angry at each other. But um, I, I brought up, I watched, um, Stephen Godfrey, one of the old Banner Society kind of everyday should be Saturday guys. Um, talk, he was on the Feinbaum show last week and he's talked for years about another gap that is exposed in college athletics in general when it gets to be this big a business is there's no other business in the world where you don't try to save for a rainy day. Yeah, there's no, right? there's no working capital. No, and, or and college athletics across the board. I mean, even Oklahoma, who makes $100 million a year, doesn't is not allowed their nonprofit the way it's structured they have to bet on the revenue continuing to come in the following year mm-hmm. right where i i made the point that you know the best positioned companies 
uh, right now, the last five months have been talking to their shareholders and their employees about how they're in a great position, how they have a fortress balance sheet. They've saved up to be prepared to weather whatever it's eight months or a year or whatever the company thought was prudent, you know, but that's the kind of management that you would hope for from a board or um, administrators and college athletics is not allowed. I mean, it's just not, there is no way to do that. (laughs) Right. I mean, even Stanford who the reason they sponsor 36 sports is because they're Stanford. Right. And they have donations coming from everywhere. But even when Stanford is the one cutting sports immediately, you know, something's wrong here. You know, of all the schools I would think that would have to cut, they're the last one, but because they're not, the structure is not there for them to save, to be prepared for anything like this. It's just a, a debacle. <laughs> like, I no, it's a, it's a paycheck to paycheck billion dollar industry. That's what's so weird about it. And there's yeah. no insurance. You can't buy, you know, there's nothing prepared for this. Um, and then you're, and then, like you said, the student athlete fallacy was invented to get around workers comp. The term yeah. student athlete exists so that we don't have to consider them employees and have to pay them workers compensation. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not actually anti college. I mean, we do a college sports podcast right i and i also think at a school like jmu the one we care about athletics provides massive opportunities um for all kinds of kids at jmu and i think it, it's a fairer trade at jmu it is. jmu's and not making billions of dollars and looking the other it way it opens the campus up to different uh, people from different places different environments that that probably wouldn't find their way to jmu whether that's domestically or internationally um, yeah, you know, it, I, to me, it's a, it's such a win-win, right? I can't, I can't talk about Alabama cause I don't, I'm not there. I don't know. Right. And I can't really talk about Bridgewater cause I don't know either, but at JMU, it seems like a pretty good trade. Um, and I guess that would be my first question, Rob. I saw the UVA tweet about Amos going to UVA. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was really proud of JMU fans last week for, I think 95% of them immediately understood the big picture when Amos and I, I think Adib also announced he was putting into the transfer portal, but mm-hmm. I thought like 95% of our fans understood the, what this is all about. Right. That was actually surprising and, and pleasantly surprising. I was People really were, were very mm-hmm. kind of supportive of like, Hey, them's the breaks is a weird situation. You do, you go, go do what you got to do to achieve your goals. Well, and I thought you about know. today with the Trevor Lawrence and, um, Justin Fields thing, um, mm-hmm. the, you know, the let us play thing. I actually have to give those kids kind of credit because I don't think they need to burnish, you know, they don't need to make their reputations or get no, ready for fine. the draft, right? No. So to their credit, they just want to play. And, and that is the spirit of that letter. But again, back to exposing the gaps, you got kids at JMU, just like you got kids at Clemson who all have different ways of approaching this right now, right? I mean, I totally understand that D'Angelo Amos – I absolutely we would have we you and I would be sitting here right now in August talking about Amos or Adib try, how they could improve their stock to be potential draft picks next year yep. or to be noticed by the NFL. And they need to put more tape out. There. Right. And there are other kids on the JMU roster who don't have that. That's not even a thought in their mind. Right. If you're the mm-hmm. fourth string tight end right now, you're not thinking about that. So if you've got a family member who you're concerned about or has been ill. I don't know. It's just such a hard call. Um, but I'm glad. Well, it's like, yeah. yeah. And I want to go back. Like when I say selfish, it's, I mean that in the purest sense. Like I Correct. don't mean that these people are, are no. mean. It's like they're only considering themselves. And I think they're like, they are willing to take the risk to do the thing they love. And I get that. I've 
Yeah. I would be probably the same way. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. It, it really isn't their call. It's not about people saying you don't deserve to play. It's about like, hey, should this be happening? And Saban today was like, well, maybe the real conversation is should people be on campus? And it's like, yeah, yeah. no shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. but, but the reason they're on campus is so that they can justify having a football team. So it's all intertwined. Like, he's not wrong. Right. Um, but it's just, it's incredibly risky. And there's already risks everybody's going to take. It's about which ones can you manage and which ones are introduced risks. And mm-hmm. again, like you, you don't know, like the NCAA, I think kind of laid out there and they're like, you know, we can't cancel the regular season. Fine. If you guys all want to go forward and, and host these, you know, postseason championships, here are the rules. You're going to, you're going to play by them and we're going to ensure safety. Um, I thought it was a little bit of like a Pontius Pilate situation <laughs> where they, they were kind of like washed their hands of it and everything. They were awful. But they also, yeah, they, they were awful, but like, they didn't cook the books. People were saying, like, they set these extreme no, no, guidelines. No. no, they set actually pretty minimal guidelines. Like, a lot of the, yeah. the medical community say people should get tested twice a week to play. And they were like, within 72 hours. And people can't get that done. You know, no. Jamie, you have the resources. Most FCS programs, a lot of G5 programs, don't have those resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's maybe not the strongest example of leadership mm-hmm. of the NCAA. No. They should just come out and said, hey, you know, it, it ain't going to be safe. We're not comfortable. We're not going to do it. Um, but it's not like they said, fine, we want daily testing. No. You know, they, they set up very something that was like, yeah. fine, you guys want it? This is what I got to do. And people are like, whoa. All right. Not, who said we're going to need to spend for medicine you know, right. or, or testing? So, it's a little messy. It's up, just yeah. a sad – and I, I – it's just – I mean, I guess the easiest way to say this is sad day for the kids who wanted to play. Right? I do feel for them. I really oh, – I feel awful for them. And, and like we've been saying from the beginning of this – from March on, I feel for all the trickle down effects of this, right? I think we're, you know, we're probably looking at some type of, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it's furloughs or what it is, but I, I don't imagine state schools who are going to take huge budget hits from state tax revenues drying up this year. Um, and I don't know how they're going to pay all the coaches all the time for this. And all the trainers and everybody else. And certainly all the businesses in Harrisonburg that rely on those, you know, five, six, seven week, huge weekends a year. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. Um, there's no, there's no way to make it any better. Um, but I don't think, again, I, I actually, Rob, you mentioned the word leadership. It's been like top of mind through all of this. I've been pretty happy with the way JMU has approached the last five months. I don't know. What else? I mean, people are going to argue no matter what we do, but the NCAA has not been a strong leader on this. Um, the Colonial Athletic Association does not, you know, has not gotten their membership in, in all on the same page at any point. Um, so at least in my mind, like you said, I, I'm glad that JMU has tried to set their own pace. Even today, they sort of were ahead of some of the other announcements. And yeah. I, I'm glad they're making their own. De- it makes it at least appear that they're making their own decisions, even when their hand is forced. And I appreciate that. Um, Rob, I do think, I mean, so what happens? This is what I, these are my questions. Okay. All right. So what happens if, if the, let's say that all of college football shifts to the spring, right? G5, yeah. P5 included. Let's say the Big Ten pulls this thing, and I, I don't know. Maybe the SEC says, nope, all our kids are NFL prospects, so we're playing in the fall with or without a national championship. Um, but let's say, you know, not 80% of Division I college football moves to the spring. 
Um, what does that look like? <laughs> I mean, A, like, I just wonder, right, who plays and who doesn't play at the big schools? And does this transfer thing continue for JMU? Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's the answer to that. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't blame these kids for thinking ahead at all. I just, I, at the same time, I'm glad that maybe the Big Ten or somebody, I was like, when everybody started, when I realized last week when Amos put that out, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, he's doing the right thing. I totally get it. And this is going to be a disaster for all of the G5 and FCS, right? You know. Um, yeah, I, I felt the same thing. Uh, and my initial reaction was, yeah, that stinks. I hate to see him go. He didn't seem like he wanted to go. It no. seemed to me like if he had his choice, he'd rather be playing on Bridgeport. Yeah. Or, like all of us. But, um, but he's, he's an older guy. Mm-hmm. Isn't he 23 years old? Yep. So I understand. He's going to have one chance to get in. He's probably going to be looked at for a special teams player, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Safety, he'd really need to, to, to show some improvement. And he's certainly capable of it. Yeah. And he's gotten better every year. So that makes a lot of sense. I was surprised it happened so quickly because it – and yeah, I don't know who's who, what the answer to this is. I don't know how the transfer portal works. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wish somebody had sat down with them and be like, do you understand? Maybe they did. Yeah. I should give him credit. Maybe they did. And he said, you know what? My best case is no matter what happens, yeah. I want to get on tape in the ACC. Yeah. I got a chance. And, and that's I, – I hope that is what it is. Because if it was like, I absolutely need to play this fall, that might not happen yet. So it's like you, I feel bad for him and Adib because it's like you can't just wait around for two or three weeks and then, oh, the ACC is going to play, but then it's too late to transfer. Right. But you transfer now and it's like they say they're going to play. Yeah. I mean, as a fan of both of those individuals, forget about any of the schools. I hope that it's either – I hope it's a binary thing. And they either in two weeks know they are playing in the spring or it's full on through the season. Because my fear is those guys get three games in the school. The season's canceled. Yeah. They don't know what they're going to do in the spring. And it's like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. You know, they, instead of having potentially, what, 12 or 15 games at JMU to get on tape – they had three, right? And they didn't find their groove, and they were still learning the system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the real thing. So I, I think, based on all of this instability the past seventy-two hours, the transfer thing might kind of hit pause for a little that's bit. That's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'd actually like to see the Big Ten or whoever it is just make their decision and stick with it. Like somebody come out and lead on this, because otherwise mm-hmm. you're just creating chaos all the way up and down the sport. Yeah, I mean it, beyond what's already out there. Without, without poor decision making or no lack of leadership from football, yeah. right? I mean, that was what was frustrating me. Was like, oh, these kids are going to transfer and then they're not going to play. ACC is not going to play anyways. Like, yeah, that sucks for the kids too. You know, like yeah. this is miserable for everybody. Um, and I, I thought it was funny. I heard today. Uh, it was surprising to me as a as a former uh, triad resident, but Wake Forest is one of the schools in the ACC that's actually really pushing to play and that seems shocking to me because i'm like oh they're not they're kind of an afterthought right in terms of yeah. acc athletics but i did when you do take a step back they're private yeah um they don't have it's smaller it's smaller it's an easier, and it's, it's an private they can ha- they have money and more than anything they don't have to handle the like political blowback in quite the same way that some of the big state schools do, right? If you're Mer- University of Maryland or University of Illinois in states with, let's just say what it is, right? I mean, bluer states, right? Yeah. And you have to go to your board or your public and say, 
yeah, we're going to play football, but we're not bringing the rest of our students back to campus. Yeah. Like, it's a really hard thing to negotiate, you know? It's a hard place to be. Here, here's my, yeah. my alternate take, borderline yeah. conspiracy yeah. theory. <laughs> if you're also Wake Forest and you have any degree of self-awareness, you also know that you don't matter. Correct. And nothing you say is going to move the tide or impact the decision. Right. So you're going to be for, you're going to be swept up regardless. Mm-hmm. If Clemson and Florida State and Virginia Tech mm-hmm. decide we're having an ACC season, you, you're on board. Right. So you might as well pretend like you're on board. Right. And just and then use that for your recruiting advantage. Oh yeah, we swung that. Of course we're the ones. You know we were out there leading the charge. You got no saying it. Um, maybe you're even hoping like it gets canceled, but then you can use that to be like, oh yeah, well look at it. this. Is how seriously we take it. So I. I mean, I, I get like, what was, was it Chattanooga? That tweet, like, we'll take anybody on. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. you might as well say that before you transfer. I prefer kind of the JMU approach, which is more you, you say we're going to try to schedule something. You honestly do it. You don't just use it for kind of yeah. recruiting spin. But I think there's a lot of that going on right now. But I think yeah. we're seeing a lot of, it, you know, yeah. not necessarily 100% legit intention like let's just let's play this out and sooner or later you could have some of these programs three weeks from now be like oh crap what'd we say mm-hmm. like, we're not prepared to do this yeah um, so I, I don't know it's there's no easy answers obviously it's one thing we keep on saying yeah um it's just a tough tough situation can we go back to something like, yeah please you mentioned this and i think it's something i've certainly come around to I've, I've kind of pushed this off and haven't even really wanted to consider it but do you think we have seen signs that the bridge is broken between JMU and the CIA? Yes, I do. I, I just, I'm not going to dance around that. I, I do too. Uh, yeah. I've come to, I, like, I, for years I've been like, nah, it's not the big deal. I, I think it's just. And I think it's kind of. A, right now it's two ships passing in the night. It is. And, and I think there's a secondary thing here. I think there's two parts to this. One is, I absolutely think there has been a, a real disagreement behind the scenes you know, this is the, uh, what, do we, what do they say back to Godfrey? The, I think, I know, I believe or whatever. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do think and believe, I do not know that there behind the scenes, there has been some breakdown uh, between JMU and the conference. And as we pointed out geographically in that list of schools I read, there was quite a, um, a distinct flavor to those four yeah. schools, right? So JMU and the three Carolina schools were the, uh, ones that had a disagreement with the conference, um, you know, putting aside the fact that two of those are UNCW and Charleston don't play football. Yeah. I think there has been a breaking. I also think that JMU has to feel like um, there's never been the second part of this is like we said about the gaps. There's never been another, I mean, there's leverage right now and yeah. who is going to be left standing in 2022 when we get to fall 2022, what schools are going to be ready and prepared to play football at a competitive level at, you know, at a competitive level that is just below the power five. Right. And to me, I think there's a lot of schools are doing some real reckoning right now of whether they are really ready to be in that, whatever you call the level, right. Upper half of FC or upper 20% of FCS and maybe the upper half of the group of five. Um, and you got to look around right now. I mean, you see, we've seen all the stress at Old Dominion, um, financially, COVID-related and non-COVID-related. I got to think the App State, East Carolina, Marshall, JMU, they got to look around. And all this talk for all these years about maybe there'd be some, you know, going back to regionalization. 
you got to look around now and say, who really are my peers? And I think yep. for, for JMU to be looking at that bigger picture environment at a moment when they are very, they have to be, there are some fractures with the conference. Um, because Drexel is not playing the same athletics game that JMU is. No. It's just not the same university. You know, that's not a shot at Drexel. It's just two 180-degree different viewpoints of different, the world. Different athletic Different missions. resources, different missions, different yeah. everything, right? And just that's where we are. And, I, yeah, if, if I'm JMU, I'm going to do everything I can to, to try to just stay afloat um, for the next couple of years and be ready, you know, and, and to finally maybe take a leadership role and say, I'm sure I am a hundred percent positive, Rob, that I will say, I know, I, I don't know. No, I mean, I'm not reporting this, but I am po- very confident that the leadership at JMU, it has been on the phones with their counterparts at the institutions they consider to be like-minded, right? Like over the last hundred percent, hundred percent, right. Over the last three months, what are you guys doing? What are you thinking about this year? What are you thinking about next year? What are you thinking about 10 years from now? Is this sustainable? Mm-hmm. How are we going to make this work? Because ODU has shown it's clearly not sustainable to wander around the country and go to the airplane conference, airplane yeah. conference, and then go to a bowl game with 2000 people. And when you're not able to sell out your stadium anymore and you already play yeah. in a small stadium, right? I mean, I don't mean that. It, I don't even mean that to be overly mean to ODU about this. I just, that's the truth. <laughs> you know, uh, app has found a way since they moved up to, to be successful to add to their stadium, to do the things you need to do. Most schools haven't figured that out, but Jamie's got to be talking to both of those schools and saying, how do we figure this out? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm confident in that for sure, that in the long term, I'm just really nervous. I'll say this though, Rob, I am ner- So two things. One, I'm nervous because I don't know what the, any big public university, I haven't even you know, and I'm like someone who sort of understands this, right? I yeah. work in this. And this is what I do. But even I haven't completely figured out from a budgetary standpoint where this is going to end up two years in 2022, going into the 22-23 school year, like for most of these schools and what that means for athletics. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it goes beyond athletics, but you were part of the, the little, mm-hmm. you know, super fan group you were talking about yeah. before. I was in disbelief like how could anybody afford this testing? Like supposedly <laughs> Jamie could, and that's great. I trust that, that Jamie finds a way to make it work. But you look at the numbers, a roster, forget about the scholarships in terms of total number of, I assume coaches would need to be tested before you get on the field on a Saturday. Players, you're looking over a hundred tests a week. They're between hundred trainers who spat trainers, your ankles. I mean, I mean you're, you're looking managers, at 10, you're looking tutors, at, you know, yeah. $10,000 a week for testing. Yeah. And then you're only going to have one fifth of the thing. So, like, I, there are clearly one thing I will tell you is yeah. this shutdown or this postponement mm-hmm. is not temporary for some schools. Some mm-hmm. schools are hoping and praying to make it work, but we will come back hopefully to a regular season next fall. Forget about the spring for now, but just saying, like, when yeah. college football is back, back, yeah. ideally next fall, there will be fewer teams. Yeah. 100% chance there will be fewer teams. Yep. You look at what's going on in the MAC, where, I mean, there are schools just hemorrhaging money before this yep. and really struggling. We're trying to get NCAA waivers for sponsoring fewer sports and the D1 minimum. And there are other schools that say, you know what, this, this isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're going to focus our resources 
Um, you look at whatever happens with the P5, it could really highlight the difference mm-hmm. between what's being done in this kind of triple A version of the NFL. <laughs> and they, you know, and they could say, you know what, forget it. You could have people drop back to more of like an Ivy League or Patriot League model where it's fewer scholarships, but there will be fewer teams playing. Uh-huh. Um, so it's interesting to me. Like, I think JMU's in pretty good hands mm-hmm. for all the reasons we've talked about. But I don't think this is like this huge opportunity where JMU can jump up. I think JMU might have the opportunity to fill a gap. Yeah. And that is different than like JMU getting the call to the big mm-hmm. leagues. Uh, and, and I've actually I've struggled with that when fans are like, this is it. We're ready to go. Like, JMU is hurting too. Yeah. Hopefully we're hurting a little bit less. Hopefully we're a little more well prepared. But this is not like JMU is sitting on a billion dollar war chest, Mm-mm. you know? So I, I think what will happen will actually come to, will be Jeff Bourne's infamous 18 to 24 months. <laughs> thing. It's going to yeah, come yeah. true. If you go back and read that, yeah, yeah. we talk about a million times. He was never saying we're jumping. He was saying he thinks there will be a breakdown and the P5 will separate. Right. Everything else will disappear. And JMU will find a home in that next level. Yeah. Um, that that's what it's all about. You and I have talked about this, yeah. and I think we're on the exact same page. We're like, JMU needs to find a group of institutions who are regionally based. We don't need one of these airplane conferences, and who are like minded in terms of what they want from athletics. Yeah, um, the level shouldn't matter. What the label is shouldn't matter. Nope. Whether that's called FCS or G five, or whether that becomes NCAA D one when the P five breaks off, yeah. it shouldn't matter. So they shouldn't be focused on in my opinion, Mm -hmm. moving up, so to speak, they should be moving forward with the best group of like-minded institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny because like what Mark Titus tweeted something about, (laughs) you know, he was making, I thought, a very good point of, you know, the NCAA manages this billion-dollar thing, but in 120 years, they've never actually crowned a D1 champion. And people went freaking nuts. Of course we did. It was fun to jump on him because they were like, we're the Division I championship. And I get it. I get it, but like everybody knew what he was talking about. Yes. And you can be a huge FCS football fan and you can advocate for FCS players and talk about how there's so much talent in the subdivision. And in many cases, these players go on to have terrific NFL careers. You can do all that and also admit that it's not what people think of when they think of the D1 national champion. Right. Right. So like that, that was kind of his point. People are going crazy. And like, that's a little bit pedantic and it's silly, but like, so JMU, in my opinion, again, shouldn't be focused on like trying to get that level. Unfortunately, it's never going to happen. That ship has sailed. It is about to sail off into uncharted waters and become its own thing. Right. But JMU absolutely can be part of that next level. Yes. And they need to be doing what whatever it takes to position themselves for that. Because in my opinion, they just they have nothing in common. Yeah. With the CAA as a whole. Well, um, and if you're... JMU has been a very good partner. Like, people will kind of say, like, oh, JMU basketball, dragging it down. You know what? The rest of the CAA schools better hope and pray JMU never gets its act together hoops. Yeah. Because JMU will dominate that league. Yeah, they were getting After their act together like, before they're this. Getting that's their the act thing together. that's annoying. You know, thing, like, we're on the right track. You know? yeah. We've got a coach. We've got facilities. We're basically taking the model that just worked for football mm-hmm. and turned football into a mid-major power. Yep. And you don't think we can replicate that yeah. on a on a school that takes you know what was what it thirteen scholarships? Uh-huh. So it's kind of funny when people are like, "Oh, get your act together!" And oh, they shouldn't be scheduling these weak teams. It's like, do you guys really want that? You really want to poke the pair there? Right, right, right. And I know that sounds obnoxious, but no, I know. I'm sorry, if Jamie stays in the CIA and it says we want to win basketball, they're going to dominate basketball. Yeah, they can get um, this figured out. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and just like we have in, in women's hoops and yeah. lacrosse, like across the board, Janio and William and Mary right. have been two outstanding all around athletic programs in the CRA. Yes. And, and I just, I think other schools are going to look around and do the same thing. We were talking about App State. Yeah. They've moved up. They're a Sunbelt power. And they got to look around their conference right now and say, what, what are we, like, are we really, is South Alabama really like, they're putting duct tape on the gate to the stadium. Yeah. Like, is this really the team we're, we want to play with? Or do we want to play with a school that's, you know, can do this? Um, I, I, that's, and, and who would like, you can reasonably build rivalries. Yes, with. right, right. And, I mean, like, you, you look at what's the biggest rivalry in college basketball, obviously, Duke, Carolina, yeah. proximity. College football, you're looking at either you know, State, Auburn, Michigan. Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. It's proximity. proximity. Yeah. It's proximity. Like, Cal, Stanford. It's proximity. You're, I mean, like, yeah. Notre Dame, it gets everybody's big shot because they're Notre Dame. And so uh-huh. you can say Notre Dame, USC. Those are outliers. Yeah. It's proximity. Yeah. JMU is never going to be a huge rival with New Hampshire. Yeah. Because you know what? I, I can spend my whole career, I can spend, yeah. you know, walk around my neighborhood 500 times. I'm not going to run into too many New Hampshire grads. No, I know one kid. Like, I know I have one yeah. connection to New Hampshire. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll run into, unfortunately, Richmond grads. Yeah. I'll run into William Mary grads. That makes sense. Yeah. You run into the Delaware grads. Mm-hmm. And you run into App State, mm-hmm. right? particularly in some of the, like, other parts of Virginia. Mm-hmm. So it just, it makes so much sense yeah. on paper. And I really think a potential silver lining of this awful pandemic and this mm-hmm. awful situation where sports are being canceled and kids are losing seasons and everything is there might actually just be, a, it might be a cold splash of water yeah, that makes everybody sense. realize like, you know, let, let's just forget about what we call it. Let's do something that works for our school mm-hmm. and is fun and is financially stable. Mm-hmm. And, it's, it's just pointing to regionalization. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I, I don't know that we can uh, – trying to think what else. I, I will say I'm super sad because when I sat down tonight, I did start to think, you know, we've spent four months wondering what – four or five months wondering what are, what's going to be next, what's going to happen. And tonight, the last couple of days this weekend was the first time that I realized what's going to happen, and that is we're not going to play. Yeah. Right? And it makes me really sad for – a team, you know, a football team that I absolutely would have thought was a contender to go back to Texas. Yep. Um, certainly a CAA contender. I would have been very excited. Um, a group of seniors that has given us some of the best years we've ever had as fans. I would have liked to go see <laughs> their impact. And it, and it does scare me, you know, the recruiting class that Signetti had put together, um, the momentum that had built in this program over the last four coaching staffs uh, to where we are now. And, and then on the basketball side, to think about what we've seen on the recruiting front, the eligibility front, the coaching front, um, there's just been a lot of momentum for JMU, and I was very excited about it. Uh, and it's really so most or all of that is in jeopardy this year. I will take a step back and say what you said, Rob, which is I think – I'm not saying that JMU is going to come back 100%, you know, same way they were before. They're probably going to be better than they always have been and yeah. or, or than everybody else is. And they're JMU. They're going to yeah. figure this out. They land on their feet. I, I thought it was crazy. They're bringing in their, you know, or at least they were, they were poised to bring in their biggest freshman class. I mean, like every university everywhere, yeah. those things are up in the air right now. But I don't know. I, I don't think the trajectory has changed. And I think the fact that we're Dukes, um, 
the fact that people want to go to JMU for lots of reasons, um, of which athletics are a small, you know, for some kids, it's a big deal, but it's not the only reason that there's momentum around this university. Mm-hmm. And there are some other universities, like you said, who, when they lose their sports, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know, I have, a, I have a friend right now whose son is getting ready to go play college at Ursinus College. Um, like half the kids who go to that school play sports. Yeah. It's division three, but there's no sports this year. So it, do, do you want to go there and pay like 55 grand a year if there's no sports to play? Like, I don't, you know, I, I wonder about all kinds of schools, well, yeah, not just pretty, like that's... the SEC television contract, but like, what are you going to like, do you, would you maybe go to JMU instead of Ursinus if you could play, if you weren't playing sports, right? If there was no. If there was no sports to play, no, that's and really your parents could play twenty grand instead of fifty-five for you to go play D three lacrosse. What would your choice be? You know, I don't know. No. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting that you say that because I always think about that. Like, I, I admire the heck out of all student athletes. Yeah, um, particularly at like the D three level. Yeah, but you you also think that a lot of those people are choosing those schools specifically because they can continue to do the thing that they love. Yeah. And they probably could have gone to a different school or anything. It was interesting. Like, I went to Emory for grad school. Mm-hmm. And that's D3, I, I guess, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I know. Know. <laughs> there are some conferences like University of Chicago and NYU. and Washington. <laughs> pretty, sure, pretty sure it's D3. Yeah. Um, they don't have football, obviously, but they've got basketball. And, like, you would be in the gym there. And if the varsity basketball guys came, they were okay. You uh-huh. could run with them. Like, it wasn't yeah. like you were intimidated. Versus JMU, which wasn't exactly North Carolina. But JMU was pretty good when we were there. But when, but they, there when were, those guys came in the summer to open you, gym, you, you, you got off the out. clear. Yeah, you got off the but, court. Right? Yeah. But you also played with guys in intramurals who were like, ooh, that guy was all conference in high school. Right? Yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. And a lot of – there are guys at, and girls mm-hmm. at JMU um, – who could play varsity sports at those D3 schools. And so that was always different to me. Like They could the, be the, all Americans at those yeah, D3 schools or even some of the would, D2 schools. Who would turn down offers, yeah. you know? And so, like, it, it's, it's just interesting when you think about that. And, and it gets in the whole question of, like, is that a more pure – is that what it's supposed to be, like mm-hmm. the student-athlete experience? Or is it supposed to be this P5, let's have billion-dollar TV contracts and not pay the people? The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, which I think, Jamie, you really lands in the sweet spot. Yeah, it's um, been pretty – the last 12, 15 years have been uh, golden years, you know, for yeah. sure. Yeah, like I, I completely understand why yeah. some guy lining up for Alabama feels like he's owed money. Yeah. 100%. You know, they're, right, right, right. And I feel like, yeah, they're, they're really not getting a fair shake. But at JMU, yeah. I don't know, you're, you're getting a scholarship. You're getting to play – in front of yeah. big crowds, you're kind of like get to be on TV, your, have get to be on TV, you're a big deal, you're exposing. But nobody's making millions of dollars off. It's not like they're stealing; they're not hoarding the money from you. Right, I right, feel right. like it's a pretty fair trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and they work harder than most of us realize. Oh, incredible! Uh, it's not like this is just hey, they run out there in front of crowds. Like it's a pretty much a year-round commitment. But they're not being exploited to mm-hmm. the degree that I think some of these athletes. Mm-hmm. Right. It is getting to the point where it is exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. The, the, I think it's a good sweet spot. And I think ultimately that will survive and the other stuff will break away and they're going to need to just be pro. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to kill college sports. No. Everybody I, acts like, oh, it's, it's the death. It's going to kill Jamie. Mm-hmm. I actually think it will 
it could actually improve. Well, it could become a better version of itself. And you strip away the nonsense. And the people that want to play kind of minor league pro football can go do that. Um, there's only so many that go around. People are like, oh, if they were to do that, nobody would ever come to these other schools. Huh. Well, no. I mean, it's, that's the way it works now. Right. Um, there's only so many slots on a roster. So. Well, and I don't have the financial, like the P&L in front of me on all this stuff right now. You know, whatever the USA Today stats are about this. But I wonder, I mean, I, in some ways, it's, I, I don't know. The bigger the, the bigger the investment in the resources, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, the more dangerous this fall becomes if you're not playing. Yeah. Right. And it's already scary for a school like JMU because there is a substantial investment that's well above and beyond their counterparts down the road at Bridgewater or EMU, mm-hmm. um, where they're like probably saving money by not mm-hmm. going on buses and going in hotels. Right. The, some of the smaller schools. Uh, Jamie's not doing that, but they're also not, you know, like I said, University of Oklahoma made one hundred and three million dollars last year um, on football and 84 of that became profit for the university. Like, that's a big problem (laughs) if if that's part of your funding model, you know, Mm -hmm. and JMU is not funding a lot of I mean, they're funding athletics, but they're not funding like the rest of campus through, through athletics, you know, or well, something. I think it would, yeah, my heart goes out to all the other fall athletes who are not me too. Who know yeah. About. yeah. But the fact that they're, they're also not playing, I think lessens the blow financially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those sports are important. More fans. I was very excited to see what soccer team would do for instance, mm-hmm. but let's be honest, football pays for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jamie doesn't have an $86 million profit or $85 million profit, but they, Yes, it's, it's, it's not like they've they've got the sunk costs, yep. but you now don't have all the travel associated with those sports and all the other mm-hmm. things, which should make it a little bit easier. Yeah, that's certainly. T- but I, I think Jamie just wanted to play because they wanted to be part of the whatever was going on. And to Jamie's credit, uh, the email today we got, you know, that everybody got from Jeff Bourne. I mean, it had they'd been doing a good job this summer. That's all we can say. We yeah. don't know what would happen next week when everybody comes back. By the way, welcome to all the new Dukes uh, headed to campus next week. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> going to be one of the craziest freshman years you've ever had. Anyone's ever had. But uh, good luck. Welcome. Um, but, you know, kudos to JMU all around for the way they handled the summer, the way they tried to stay in it, um, the way they – I think they had all of our – they balanced the priorities that they have competing very well this summer. Right. The 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 desire to be a real player in athletics with the desire to be a leader in all other aspects of the university. I thought JMU did a good job of balancing those things this summer as best they could. And now they this is where we are. So we'll see what happens. Um, Rob, I want to say thanks. Everybody who's been listening and playing along. um, Thank you. Rob has been awesome with the musical nightcaps. I have really enjoyed you keeping that going, Rob. I noticed yeah, so, so many of the musicians and writers and things that I, you know, the first March and April, I was like, oh, I'm, this is really cool. They're doing this thing like every Thursday. They're not doing that thing every Thursday. Anymore, <laughs> <right>? they, like, <laughs> no. They're like in the bottle like the rest of us. I don't know. I, I mean, some of them are trying to go back. On, I noticed like a couple of people are doing like drive-in shows. And, I mean, people are struggling. Well, now they're starting to charge for it. Yeah. Yeah. People are struggling and they got to get back out there um, somehow. So I totally understand. And, but it's been really fun that you've kept it going. I know it's hard to come, keep coming up with things, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, no, it's been fun. It's been fun. And for everybody, I, I know we have not, I'm sure there are plans 
I have not visited the message boards and whatnot in the last few days, but um, I'm sure there are some like fan, you know, grassroots plans to try to do something this fall. Uh, I don't know if we will co-opt or, or co-sign onto one of those, Rob, but even if it's just a fishing trip or something or a, um, a, a JMUSB Zoom happy hour, you know, I would like to have a D-Lot, uh, you know, special or a JMUSB event of some kind this fall uh, to celebrate the Dukes as best we can. And, you know, we yeah. should have some sort of charity element. Yeah. Like and, yeah. You know, have some yeah. fun or just do like classic games, like just choose a game, classic uh, JMU game and make that the Saturday afternoon. <laughs> game. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll have a tailgate uh, 64 team. You know, tournament yeah. in the fall or something, or uh, tell me, uh, cornhole sixty-four team tournament or something. Yeah, but it's it's tough, man. I, I feel I really bad for all the students. I feel awful for the players. Yeah. Um, what was it like when you when you finished your athletic career in high yeah. school? And people don't know, Todd was no. a good high school player. No. Had offers to go play. We talk about like D three. Like, yeah. Todd could have gone to play in college. He chose to come have like quote unquote the big college experience at JMU. So it's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm talking about. But like when you realized it was done, mm-hmm. was that tough for you? Like it, obviously for you, it happened it after was, the season. You, it you was got awful. injured. Yeah, right? I did. I came yeah. back actually. Um, I came back and got to play the second half of my senior soccer season. So mm-hmm. at, in high school in Virginia, it's soccer's in the spring. And I'll, and, I'll uh, brag for you. You got hurt what in the state semifinals? Yeah, for the football? regional final for football, Re- which which okay. we won and we went to the state semifinals. But yeah, I got yeah. hurt uh, in the regional final for football in the yeah. uh, November, like Thanksgiving weekend. Um, hurt my knee with and... Greg Maddox, former Jamie quarterback. As <laughs> yes, Mike throwing passes to you. Yeah, yeah, and um, did make it back for the spring soccer season um, and lost in the playoffs. Like ever, I mean, we weren't good. You know, um, yeah. it was awful. It was terrible. Yeah. And I had kind of at, the, at that point, I had made a, you know, I was happy with my decision to go to JMU, but I had turned down a, a couple of D3, you know, three D3 schools um, to go, you know, where I could have gone to play football. And I decided that wasn't for me. And yeah, it was sad. And I can't imagine for the kids who have gone to three or four more years of college and had that experience, what that means to them. Um, and to have it taken away with, I mean, I'll say that at least I got to process it on the field. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, at least it was, I, I went out with my parents and my teammates and my brother and, you know, like that's the end of it. Like, but it's like, okay, I know that's the end and now it's time to go do the next thing. Um, for these kids, this just sucks. If you're, and I don't it's know terrible. how you make the decision. If you're, you know, we already had a kid like Raymond Gillespie last year who was, you know, really on the fence about whether to come back because he's got big plans for his future career way off the field, you know? And yeah, I mean, for Amos, a guy like that, who I think, you know, probably has a chance to play or at least try to continue playing. It's a different story than for, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, is Ethan Ratke, like, is this the way he wants to end his career? But does he want to stay at JMU for another year just to come back and play? I don't know, right? I don't like, know. That's a tough call, right? It's so hard. I just don't. So yeah. And that's what, just to bring it back full circle, like, that's what I meant with selfish. I didn't mean that these yeah. guys are jerks. I meant, like, they're yes. acting with their own motivation. If you're a Which is what you do kid, when you're 21. Yes, that's what I do, too. Yeah. It's what I do now in my 40s. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't say 100% certain, 
but I'm pretty damn sure if I'd worked my whole life to play yeah. college football, I would be rearing right there. You know, let me play, let me play. It is a tough, tough situation. And I, I just, I, my heart goes out to all these players. I mean, it's like, it's such a tough thing. You work so hard, you work all summer, you start to get hamped up, and then you feel like the rug's put out from you. Yeah. That's tough. Like, like you, I played in high school, yeah. I played, played lacrosse. We lost in the championship. Mm hmm. Like mm. whatever you know, W. It's now the WCSA. It's yeah. the Metro. We're playing Gonzaga, our rivals. Blah blah blah. But like, it was the weirdest situation where we game got like rainstorm at halftime. We had to come back the next day. We were getting killed. We came back. We forced overtime. Oh. We lost in like four overtimes. Oh. And it's just like, and, and I remember bawling my yeah, eyes out. Absolutely, it was the worst feeling. And everyone's like, "Oh, you, it's okay. You lost." I was like, "I cared that we lost." No, but I felt worse that it was done. Yeah, like it was just done that's a tough situation to end on the field to know like everything if you're an athlete and yeah. goodness only knows these guys that line up for jmu are 50 times the athlete i ever could hope to be right it's tough to not get caught up in that being like the driving force of your day-to-day -day life yeah big um, time. and it's just brutal i mean like i'll, I'll tell you this time like yeah. we had this tradition in my school we had a very serious lacrosse program yeah, it was a program did. it was year-round and mm -hmm. you know we're, we're constantly building towards the next year and after the final game every season, mm -hmm. we'd go back to the locker room or wherever we were, mm -hmm. you know, auditorium. And the coach would pull everybody together mm -hmm. and he'd talk about how the game ended. Mm -hmm. And two years were in the loss. We ended, my senior year, we ended the loss in overtime in the championship. Mm -hmm. And then he has every senior stands up and he says something about you. Yeah. And then he asks you to leave because it's not about you when the program <laughs> continues. <laughs> and it was brutal. brutal. It was, was gut-wrenching as an underclassman because yeah. you see these guys that you admire and you, you've gone yeah. to battle with. You see them leaving. As a senior, yeah. oh, my gosh, it's the worst thing ever. And I look at today and I look at these things being canceled. Mm -hmm. Anybody would sign up for that sort of experience that I've talked about a yeah. hundred times out of a hundred yeah. versus getting all ready and saying, boom, you can't even play. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's tough on everybody. This is a weird semester. Um, I do think we, we need to be, keep in mind that like, it's hard on players and, and people like me who say like, Oh, it's selfish. I need to be very careful how I word that. Cause it's not, these people are bad. It's just like they're thinking in the pure, in their own self-interest because they're so dedicated. Like we yeah. need to respect that. And if you're a student on campus, I know you're all going through stuff. You want to support each other yeah, and, and particularly support these athletes and not just the football players. Mm -hmm. There are volleyball players who are probably crying right now. And yeah, it's a tough situation. And, and it's very easy for us to kind of deal with this right now and say, man, this stinks. I'm disappointed. But you know what? We'll be over this in a couple of days. And then it'll hit us hard that first Saturday in September. Oh. But we'll go about our lives. I was thinking about Just, uh, whatever, the college colors day, that Friday yeah. before the first game. When, yeah, yeah like, oh, uh, yeah. But just like if, if you're – it wouldn't hurt just to check in on these other guys. We're all going to check in each other, and it'll be kind of be day to day life. Everybody will get through it. But if you're on campus, I just encourage you to 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 reach out to the athletes and and have them just lean on each other. You know, it, it's tough. It, I, I feel help. really, really bad. Yeah, and and our our own crew, Rob, like our yeah. the the fan crew. I mean, mm -hmm. the community we've built over the last twenty years. Um, yeah. You know, not just us, but all kinds of people, right? I mean, I, when I say we, I mean JMU. Um, that didn't exist when we were in school. And, yeah. you know, I went to West Virginia last year, and I, 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 could, I never made it more than 10 feet inside the bar the night before the game last year. 
like yeah. because I was talking to people I knew, right? Yep. And hanging out, and it was awesome. And you know, check in with those people too, because those of us who, you know, build our falls around this stuff uh, the way that Rob and I do, it, it's it's got to be a weird one this year too. Well, and that's the other yeah. thing I'd like to ask, and I'll just I'll just yeah. ask. I won't tell like. I would hope that people will not look at folks like me and you mm-hmm. and some of the more passionate people who find this stuff to be important. I understand it is not important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I understand there are greater concerns for our communities, for our countries, but also realize that college football is a way that many of us cope and deal with all those other very serious things. Yeah. It is our escape. So if, if you or I tweet something, you know, in September, you're like, man, this sucks. I really, you know, wish there'd be a game today. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't care about what else is going on in the world. It means we want, <laughs> we do care most likely. Right. And we're looking for our release, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of people right now who could, particularly on Twitter, who could come with some really hot takes and seem like they're going crazy. <laughs> realize, you know what? Maybe they're dealing with some awful stuff and maybe there's, they really need, quote unquote, need college sports to help them get by it. Yeah. Um, so just try to be nice for everybody yeah, and realize awesome. that this, this sucks. Um, college football can be so, so great in so many ways. College volleyball can be great. College mm-hmm. soccer, soccer can be great. You know, it's just, it's terrific. Like college sports are just such a, there's so many great aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand it's not important in the truest sense of the world, mm-hmm. but it also, it really is important it is. for what it does and the communities it builds and the friendships it makes and the mm-hmm. memories people make. And the fact that it can get you to be so excited and passionate about something and really escape from all the real problems that we're having yeah, right yeah. now. And there are many, many real yeah, problems. Yeah, we don't so live just, in Lebanon right now. So, so you, know, let's yeah, just, like, you know, so cut us some slack and also feel free to scold us if we come down on somebody on Twitter who's like overly excited about college and yeah. we get all high and mighty. Like, let's just, it's fun. It's supposed yeah. to be fun. Yeah. And it's disappointing that we're missing out on all this really fun, cool experiences. Because now we got nothing to focus on but the problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 Rob, we probably will come back next week. We'll talk uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs at some point, yeah. um, among other things. At least those feel like – I've started to buy into those because they seem to be working, you know? Well, <laughs> so I'm looking forward Bubbles to are wonderful. Yeah. I, got the luxury I, I have really – I really enjoyed the golf this weekend. So, yeah, uh, looking yeah. forward to whatever sports can work. Um, you want to end on a high note here? What are your top three ice cream flavors, Rob? Okay, I was going to try to keep this quick, which is not, not something good at. No. I felt like I had to pick Take one your time. Ben & Jerry's. Oh, Ben & Jerry's oh. the king flavor. Oh, you're going like those flavors. All right. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I just, I just, I felt mm-hmm. like I had to choose one from that category. You know okay. me. I got to yeah, categorize yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, I went Cherry Garcia. I mm-hmm. was very, like, I love all the crazy fish food and tonight dough and all, mm-hmm. but I really kind of like the simplicity of the classic. You What's know, the banana? Uh, Chunky Monkey. Yeah. Chunky Monkey. <laughs> oh, that's a very good one. Yeah. Um, and then I've got, this is a little more specific. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever been to Chickatee? I, I have not, but I saw you. I have actually been there, but I'm not familiar with the ice cream place that I saw you yes. somewhere in my life in the last few weeks. You wrote something about this oh place. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's, this place, Island Creamery. Yeah. I'm I'm a sucker. Like I am completely, you know, mm-hmm. wide open and ready to bite on any clickbait. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I hate myself for it, particularly food clickbait. Mm-hmm. I click if you tweet a list that says like the 50 <laughs> best recipes from your state or yeah. you know the the 50 greatest fast food items going to state, 
I will click on it and I will go through and I'll search for Virginia. I'll search for Georgia. I'll search for all the states, you know, I've uh-huh. to. and then inevitably I'll hate myself because it's garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like two or three weeks ago, they said like the best ice cream uh-huh. shops in every state. And I, and for the first time ever, they had a good pick for Virginia and it was this place Island Creamery. Oh, in that's a wild it is, choice it too, is, geographically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm telling you, it yeah. is the best ice cream and Chickatee is like beautiful. Great. Go there for sunsets and then walk, you know, go over to uh-huh. the wild horses. But get the ice cream. This island creamy place. It's there's not much to do in that town, so you pretty mm-hmm. much like hang out and go get the ice cream. They have a um, bourbon caramel crunch mm-hmm. flavor. Oh, that is I like amazing. That. Sounds good. Yes, yeah. it is Virginia bourbon, Heath bar, and caramel swirl, uh-huh. and it combines like all of my favorite things: caramel and bourbon, obviously. And yeah. Then, um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever eaten a Heath bar on its own, but I am an absolute oh, sucker Heath for bar Heath bar on ice cream. Gotcha. It's for me, like you put Heath bar. So, yeah. But this is, it's, it's a fantastic flavor. All their flavors are great, but this one is out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on that, just kind of a classic. I love mint chip. Mm-hmm. My, my wife is very into mint chip. Nice. It's like favorite oh. thing. So, yeah. so her whole family's kind of in it, but like, it is just a very cool and refreshing um, flavor. I like the, the good ones, not the lime green, mm-hmm. but just a good mint oh, chip. Oh yeah. 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 So those I, yeah, are my three. I've come and go with my mint chip. Um, I, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. I go in phases on that one, but that's a good yeah. one. I yeah. love the, the Island Creamery. I got to go there now. I haven't no, been there really in good. years, so yeah. It's great. Um, while we've been talking, Rob, the Mountain West also canceled. Oh, okay. So there you go. Um, nobody's playing this fall, anybody. No, <laughs> so maybe nobody else transfer. It's not going to yeah. happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you gave one. I sh- I'm, I'm like torn as to whether to even point this out, but... I do have a new favorite ice cream place now, um, Smiley's in Basie, Virginia. So on the way to oh, J- nice. like, uh, not on the way to JMU. It's somewhat in the region of JMU. Yeah, it's like twenty miles off the highway, um, yeah. but there's a little tiny ice cream shop there that I do love. They do soft serve and uh, dip, hard dip ice cream. Oh, um, so I do like that. The soft serve is the best, but you know, um, pretty great. They moved for – they've been in, like, one of those little ice cream trailers. Mm-hmm. And this year they moved – they built – Like a Brewster's? Like a, yeah, 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 like a Brewster's trailer. And this year they built, like, a actual little building, you know, like a red tin roof kind of thing. Um, that's very cool. So, anyways, that's good. Yeah, my, my three flavors I, – I, Rob, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I'm just an ancient old man about ice cream. So butter pecan? Yeah, butter pecan's number three. <laughs> okay. Coconut is number two. That's kind of a new thing for me. I like weird ice coconut. cream. Coconut. Oh, number two. Coconut number two. And um, rum raisin is my favorite ice cream. Oh, which is you, the, those are very old man flavors. Like, I'm like 90 years old. I mean, that, well, I like it, coffee ice cream. I almost went with oh, coffee. I don't like coffee, but rum raisin is the best ice cream ever. And I will, I will brook no rum raisin slander here. <laughs> I, will, I will order rum raisin. I'm not sure I've ever had rum raisin, so I should not. <laughs> Most I people not hate it. So, yeah. Anyway, you yeah. know what I had, which is, this is really odd, but I had an Earl Grey tea ice cream Ooh. when I was in California. Um, have you ever been to Santa Barbara? There's this place, McConnell's. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a famous ice cream no, in Santa Barbara. But, yeah. It is really good. Like, we went there a lot with the kids. Well, I like, do you guys still have the ice cream place by your house? Yeah. we Dairy got Godmother? Dairy Godmother. Which, I like that place. So. I love that. It's custard. So yeah, I yeah. Wanna, I love I wanna, custard. So, yeah. But, They've got a Heath Bar Crunch, which yep. is out of this world. Yeah. Tonight was like Hawaiian. We were going to go there Heath tonight. Uh-huh. And it was, I think, pineapple ice cream with coconut. <laughs> and I was kind of intrigued. But we went to Jenny's in Old Town. Oh. 
Jenny's, I guess that's a place from the Jersey Shore. Uh Really good. Really good ice cream. Um, I got some berry crunch. I don't know. It was good. But (laughs) Sam got a double chocolate. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but man. It's, when it's this hot, all I can kind of think about is ice cream. And all I've been eating, uh-huh. I've pretty much been living on watermelon and tomato sandwiches. Yeah, Not together, for but sure. like two different things. But like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I will get a watermelon and it will be gone in 12 hours in this house. Like I'll yeah. cut it up at night <laughs> and wait a, half of it. And then the morning, whoever gets up for breakfast gets it out. Uh-huh. And it's gone by the time the today show is over. Oh, uh-huh. that's funny. So, yeah, a lot of watermelon here too. And because yeah. I, I know we cut everything and eat it all ourselves, right? Yeah. So that's the way it is right now. So, yep. yeah. Simple Rob, pleasures, man. Yeah. You got anything else on the ice cream front there? No, no. I just no. don't want more ice cream. No, me too. I mean, it's yeah. that time of year. So yep. we'll see. Rob, it's good to talk to you. I look forward to it. We'll do it again. We might try to – we've been a little hesitant, just so everybody knows. Um, we've talked a little bit about guests, whatnot, but I, those people are going through some things right now, I'm sure, yeah. um, you know, both on and off the field. And I, I don't want to – you know – we don't need to add to their <laughs> add to their concerns or have a half hour conversation about how miserable everything is. Yeah, <laughs> with, with with people um, like with those folks. Um, but we will put something together, and we'll probably talk again, if not next week, then you know by the end of the month to um, see what's next. Maybe. Yeah, next we got to figure out a plan for what we're going to do. Like, yeah, if you guys have any ideas, weekly. let us know. I mean, we're we I I want to do it just because I want to talk to you, Rob. We might need um, to do like a rewatchables type thing with. Yeah, games of the past, or, or we might need to start having our, you know, a, a long time folks on, like, yeah, <laughs> see what they want to do. Yeah, because exactly, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we see. We need outlets. We need, we need out. I need an outlet from this crazy world. Yeah, this, Jamie Sports and yes. talking to you and interacting yeah. with friends really you got helps it. me more the ways than people understand. Yeah, big time. Oh, uh, yeah, our tickets have rolled over, Rob. So we're we got tickets for 2021. So All right, let's well. just at this point, let's just cross our fingers and hope there's a 21-21 season against someone. Yep. <laughs> so we will see. Hopefully, some some regional opponents with uh, yes. like-minded goals. Yes, uh, Rob, I will talk to you soon. Yeah, <laughs> right. have a good one, man. Go Dukes. I've seen this film before